I'm Jessica. And I'm Ashley. And we're the Theme Parkettes. Find out more about us, our store, Ashley's Travel Planning Services, and more at MainStreetInspirations.com. Today, we are discussing packing and planning for your Run Disney Runcation, which is just fun to say. Say it with us. <laughs> it, just makes me, it just makes me think of uh, 101 Dalmatians when they're singing the song, like, we'll have a Dalmatian plantation. It's kind of like the same. <laughs> we should come up with a song. It's like, we'll have a Run Disney, Disney Runcation. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get Tommy to write us Run to, Disney Runcation, to... right? We'll have Tommy come back and write us a Run Disney Runcation song. It's just fun to say, everyone. Okay, but first of all, if you've never done a Run Disney race or if you're considering doing one, go back and listen to our episode two of our podcast, which is called So You Want to Run Disney, in which we explain how Run Disney races are different from other races, why you should do one, especially if you're a Disney fan or if you have something to celebrate. And we cover some of the more frequently asked questions questions and like basic questions about Run Disney. But this episode is for those who have already said, I'm doing one. <laughs> and I'm they, into it. I'm, into I'm signed it. up. I'm going to do this. And they want to know what the next steps are in preparing to go. Also, I want to mention, just in case people are not aware, that you have to sign up for this pretty early. If you So early. <laughs> yeah. If you go to rundisney.com right now, you can see that the Wine and Dine, it's July 2019 that we're recording this. And in November, that Wine and Dine half marathon, if you go to Run Disney right now, those are sold out. Those tickets are sold out. When did they go on, on sale, Ashley? Like March? Um, I'm trying to remember the order. Um, I think it was March. I think March is Food and Wine and April is Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, which is in the following January. And then we just, they just opened up Princess like last month. So yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, Princess May, is Princess. for February yeah. of next year. And yes. the 5K and 10Ks are already sold out. And they usually do. So the 5K and the 10K for all of the races are the first to sell Why do you up. think that is? Because of the kids that want to run it too? Um, I think it's because they're shorter distances. It's less of a time commitment in terms of training. And they're also on the earlier end of the weekend. So, um, you know, the 5K is usually on Friday. The 10K is on Saturday. And then the half marathons are on Sunday, with the exception of Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, because it's you're adding in the full marathon. So you bump everything back a day. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that's, that's usually why is because, you know, you could fly down on Tuesday or Wednesday, run the 5K or the 10K, um, as I like to call them, you know, depending on what race you're doing, the casual morning stroll through Epcot. And then, uh, and then by the time you're done, it's, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, and then you can go and enjoy the parks and sleep in the next day and you still have the whole weekend ahead of you. Yeah. So I think that that's part of the appeal. So in terms of signing up, I would recommend going to rundisney.com and signing up for their email list because I believe that they will send you an email uh, I think it's a week in advance. So usually Disney or Run Disney will announce the dates of the races in advance. So for 2021, they will put out kind of a nice little graphic and an email that says, here are the dates for every single race in the 2021 calendar year. And underneath those dates will be the dates that registration opens. Those registration dates are when registration opens for the general public, but if you are an annual pass holder or a Disney Vacation Club member, usually you will get early access to registration. It's usually a couple of days before the public registration goes open. Those dates aren't publicized um, 
to the general public, obviously they're only publicized to people who are annual pass holders or to Disney Vacation Club members. But Disney will usually send out somewhere between a week to two weeks in advance uh, notice via email that registration will open as a reminder. Any tips or suggestions that they have, like if they've changed the software or whatever it might be. And uh, they also post stuff all over their social media. So if you follow Run Disney on Instagram or on Facebook, you'll see a lot of posts before registration opens. And then they will also post like 15 minutes before registration opens. Like, you know, get to your computer, registration opens in 15 minutes or whatever it is. Um, And they generally are I think 10 a.m. Eastern time, 7 a.m. Pacific time. So, you know, for those of us on the Eastern time, we can sleep in in the morning. It's usually on a Tuesday. And for those of you on Disneyland time, you don't have to wake up super, super early or not as early as you do when you make your advanced dining or fast pass reservations. So for those who are interested in running with a charity, you actually have a little bit more flexibility in your registration time because you are fundraising for that organization. So for instance, with team and training, you can sign up ahead of registration opening to the public. You can sign up after registration is open to the public as long as they still have the bibs available. This uh, means that you don't, like when I signed up, for next year's half marathon, I didn't have to worry about waking up and sitting on the virtual queue for the general registration. I've already taken care of it by agreeing with to team and training's policies of I will raise X amount of dollars. And in as part of me doing that, team and training will give me a bib from Run Disney. So every charity is different if there is an organization that you want to participate with and you know it's going to be next year or two years down the road, just send them an email. All of the supported organizations are listed on the Run Disney website and there usually is contact info and you can just send them an email and say that you're interested in running in a race, you would like to raise money for them and they will give you all of the ins and outs of when their process opens, how much you have to raise, etc. Um, so team and training just happens to be the one that I raise money for and run with, but there are plenty of other organizations that you can support. And uh, the nice thing about it is that as part of it, you don't have to, you don't have to sit in that virtual queue on a Mm. random Tuesday in March, you know, wondering whether or not you're going to get your full marathon bib. Yeah, so true. And then a lot of times if it is sold out, you might be able to get in by running through a charity, which we found out just recently. I got an email from a charity saying, hey, if you're interested in, in running for us, uh, we can get you a bib for, for this race that's sold out on the Run Disney website. Also, another way to get in um, if charity running is not your thing, um, if you just want to pay the money and just run it for yourself, uh, sometimes a way to get in on the race that you want, like if the half marathon or the 10K is sold out, is to sign up for one of Run Disney's double challenges, double course challenges, or in some case, three or four course challenges. <laughs> um, but like, for example, um, Ashley, have you seen this Castaway K challenge. So this is happening after the Walt Disney World Marathon. Right now, actually, the half and the 
um, full marathon still have bibs available for that Saturday for that uh, January Walt Disney World marathon weekend. But I saw there was a really fun. Um, I was like, oh, that sounds so fun. You run one of the races during the Disney marathon weekend, and then you get on your cruise ship Monday morning. And when you arrive in Disney's private island, there's a 5K there on the island. It's called the Disney Castaway K Challenge, but they have a bunch of them. Like Ashley and I did the Lumiere's two course challenge. There's a Goofy's race and a half challenge, of course. Um, but just things like that you might be able to get. If there's a race that you really wanted to get in on, um, check out the double races as well um, and see if you can get in that way. You can definitely add on extra miles. And the Castaway K um, 5K is available to not just anybody running the marathons or half marathons, but you can just sign up. As long as you're on a Disney cruise, you can sign up to do the race on your own as well. So even if you're not interested in doing a full marathon, but you're about to go on a Disney cruise and Castaway Key is one of the places that you're going on your cruise, you can also sign up to do it that way. And the other way, the last way that you can register for a race that might be sold out is through me as a travel agent. So as travel agents, we are given access to run Disney packages um, that you can, so basically you can call me and say, I want to run the princess half. And then I call run Disney and see if they still have bibs available. And you right now, currently as of recording time, so this could change, but you can do that before the bibs go on sale to the general public. And you can also do it after the bibs are on sale in case they're sold out. So I've had a couple of people inquire about certain races and whether or not they're sold out and they can still get their bibs secured if they book a run Disney package through me as a travel agent. And that would include, there are park ticket minimums as well as a hotel minimum stay. I think it's three nights. Um, but we would recommend you do that anyway, because if you're going to run a half marathon, you definitely are going to need more than three nights sleep. Yeah. Disney. So <laughs> So short version of our answer of how soon in advance do you sign up for a race? You can sign up, I think it's eight months, so you can start preparing. I think it's eight months in advance, right? Yes. And you definitely are, I would say you don't need eight months in advance to start preparing, but in terms of all of the other logistics that come with a Run Disney Runcation, it's a good idea to register as soon as humanly possible, especially if this is your first 5k or 10k or half marathon or full marathon, or maybe all four, um, the earlier that you register, the earlier you can kind of get started on all of the aspects. of. So your let's trip. talk about that. We really want to do a whole episode on training for your first race for any first race, but, yes, yes. but how soon do you start training? Just, let's just kind of briefly go over this without getting too runner, <laughs> runner in depth, <laughs> deep, deep. In, and then this applies for this applies to runners and walkers. So of course, dis, as a reminder, Disney asks that you maintain a 16 minute per mile pace or faster. So if you are slower than that right now, if that pace seems a little aggressive, the sooner you start training, the better, the more comfortable you'll be. Um, but generally speaking for a half or full marathon, usually about four to five months is adequate. Mm -hmm. um, for a 5K or 10K, you can usually get away with um, a little bit lesser training. I mean, four months is pretty standard in most training programs just to get you up to your mileage and back down. Um, you'll have taper weeks, things like that. But if you're doing a shorter mileage like a 5K or a 10K, 
you know, maybe three months. That being said, um, if this is your first 5K or 10K, half marathon, full marathon, whatever it is, I would not recommend starting you know, a couple of weeks before your yeah, race, no. you definitely want, you definitely should start uh, a couple weeks ahead of time. There are lots of training programs out there. Disney, or I should say run Disney supports the Jeff Galloway training method, which is run walk. That's what I do. That's what Jess does. Um, but then there's also couch to 5k, which is a free app, um, which is a great tool, especially if this is your first 5k or 10k, even though it's called couch to 5k, you can change the distance mm-hmm. in the app and then follow its instructions. Um, there's a ton of resources out there, but I would strongly recommend not being the person who has never run a 5k before. And then you sign up and a week later run a 5k. You can do it. You're just going to be really uncomfortable. (laughs) There's a really great episode of how I met your mother where Barney's like, Oh, I can just run a marathon. And he just runs and like, yeah, cause you think (laughs) that you can just run. And then he literally can't use his legs. And that speaks to many runners. I'm sure who have friends are like, yeah, you can do it. We wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) You can definitely do it. I mean, there's plenty of people I know who have run a half marathon with zero training or, you know, have run a half marathon without having trained for a half marathon, but they're, they're active in other parts of their lives. And so, yes, you, you can do it. You can, you absolutely can do it. You just probably will not enjoy it and mm-hmm. be really uncomfortable for the rest of your vacation. And we and as we mentioned in and as we mentioned in episode two, there's going to be things on the course that you might want to take pictures with and do. So you're going to want to have some sort of endurance and some sort of there, there's going to be parts of the 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 run where you're going to want to go a little bit faster so that you can make up some time and maybe do some of the experiences that happen on the course. Absolutely. Let's talk about what else we're prepping way in advance. I'm going to go with costumes, things like, okay, you need a really good pair of sneakers, right? You don't want to be the person who buys the sneakers a week before or even the day of. There are these really amazing sneakers that they always sell that are Disney themed at the expo. And something that we have seen are people buying those sneakers and then wearing them for their half marathon and they've got blisters. They're super uncomfortable. You have to practice. Ashley taught me this. You have to practice with what you're wearing way in advance, whether it's you plan on running with your watch. I use the app RunKeeper and I really enjoy that. So that means I keep my phone on me and I use my Apple Watch. And so just even practicing what that feels like and using that, you're going to want to start practicing with that down to your wicking socks. Uh, whether you need body glide, are you the type of person who, oh, when you run your legs, <laughs> I mean, everybody's <laughs> legs hit each other. So, At some you know. Point. You think, oh, I don't need that. I've gone for a walk and not need it. At a a certain point after your skin has rubbed against itself, whether, and you're going to know, you're going to learn your body. You're going to learn where that happens, whether it's under your arms, at your sides. Listen, ladies, you might need them in special places. (laughs) There's there's just, you know, that's something that you learn from doing. Well, let's talk about what else that that means, Ashley, in terms of what you're wearing. So... One of my coaches says this every season all the time and drills it into our heads. And it is nothing new on race day, nothing new to wear, nothing new to eat. Basically, you want to wake up on race day having run in all of your clothes multiple times. You know that they're not going to chafe or itch or bother you or rub the wrong way. A perfect example of this is when I was running the Disneyland half. It was my first half marathon and I was 
psychotic about making sure that I ran in all of the things I needed to run in throughout the training season. And on the day of the race, I wore everything I had been running in, plus my team and training jersey. And on the back of my team and training jersey, I had safety pinned ribbons of with people's names on it. And those are all the people that I run either in honor of or in memory of. Well, it was 98 degrees out that day. Oh my gosh. And uh, nice. Yeah. It was Labor Day weekend, 2014. It was hot. It's hot in Anaheim, Labor Day weekend. And you got, we got to a certain point in the course where I just was sweating like crazy. And you're, I was running through the water stop and there were people, you know, filling water bottles, et cetera. But they were also just dumping water on people's heads because it was so hot. So I had somebody dump water all over my head to cool me down. This is not an experience that I had during my training. And that coupled with the safety pins on my shirt, um, which I did not notice while I was running. But when I got back to my hotel room and took a shower, my entire back had been, was chafed in spots where the wet safety pins were rubbing against my Mm -hmm. back as I was running. So, and trust me when I tell you, it is not a fun discovery to discover that in the middle of your shower. (laughs) Um, So that being said, you definitely don't, you want to avoid any situation like that at all costs. There are certain things that you can't avoid like weather. um, But if you are training in an area where you are going to encounter different kinds of weather, even better. And you want to know going into whatever race weekend you have that you have a pair of long pants that you're comfortable running in or shorts or a skort or whatever it is that you like to wear while you run in for different temperatures. You want to make sure that you have all of that I also want to say that obviously, if you're planning on wearing a costume, which you should, you should totally wear a costume at a run Disney race, that obviously, yeah, maybe you're not going to dress as Daisy Duck and run around your neighborhood. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) But if you've never run in a skirt and you're planning on running in a skirt, like maybe throw on a running skirt over your normal uh, spandex or your shorts that you wear just to see what that feels like, just to practice like that at least once. If you're so used to running in just a sports bra, but Now you're going to wear like a jacket over it because you're Han Solo. I mean, you should run in a jacket, maybe not the one that you're definitely going to wear on race day, but you should emulate it a little bit just to make sure. And so that's why I say planning way in advance, maybe the character or what you want to wear, and then just coming up with the idea for, okay, like when I was Wendy, that was really easy. You put a big bow in your hair and I wore all blue. And so then I went and found the different types of blue. I bought a tank top and a sports bra and a long sleeve shirt just in case the weather didn't work out in my favor, but I wanted to wear like a Wendy skirt. And so finding a skirt that would work with running shorts underneath it, because that's what I was used to was running shorts, uh, really worked for me. And so I think that making that plan in advance, visualizing what that's going to look like, and then practicing with that at least once during one of your long runs really makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, I think about my, because you brought it up, my Daisy Duck costume, and I had worn white leggings, white running tights underneath my skirt. I had on, I had on white running tights, shorts, and then my Daisy Duck skirt that you had so lovingly made for me. <laughs> that I so lovingly um, made and that it shed everywhere. I like everywhere. made it in a hotel room and it was just all, I feel so bad for the maid. I left her like 20 bucks. Like, I'm so sorry. There's feathers everywhere. It's kind of amazing though, because it was made out of white feather tutus that also had this iridescent like sparkle boas. There were feather boas. Yeah, there were feather boas. And they 
when I walked down to meet my team the morning of the full marathon, one of my teammates who came late said, oh, I knew exactly where we were meeting. I just followed the trail of sparkly feathers from my <laughs> hotel room all the way to the lobby because I was shedding feathers everywhere. That being said, I knew what I was wearing underneath that tutu, right. underneath that skirt. So I was comfortable knowing that whatever was going to be on top of it wasn't going to rub against my legs because I had the pants and the shorts underneath. That you were used to. Same thing mm -hmm. up top. I had, yeah, I had long sleeve shirt and then my tank top over it. But I also knew if I had to ditch my long sleeve shirt, which I did eventually, that I was still comfortable wearing it. So practicing, you know, growing up in New England, living in New England, running in New England, you get used to layers. Some of you listening to this are probably going to be in locations where maybe layering is not something you're going to be used to, but it is at all, if it is all possible for you to test run all of the pieces of your potential outfits in your costumes, we highly, highly recommend mm -hmm. it because you just don't want to be that person actually. And you also don't want to be the person who that same weekend when it was 20 degrees out during that full marathon, as we ran dopey, the gentleman who planned out his costume for much warmer weather and he was Aladdin and he had on blue shorts and no shirt, oh my gosh. which I'm sure was very uncomfortable at 5.30 in the morning when it was 20 degrees outside. So uh, just come up with options to support whatever it is that you're wearing. The other thing that's really crucial to preparing for any race, not just a run Disney race, but any race is your shoes. So as Jessica, you had mentioned uh, making sure that you have the right kind of sneakers. And so I strongly recommend, I tell everybody this, if you are about to embark on training for your first 5k, 10k, whatever it is, go to a running, walking specific store and get fitted for shoes. Um, there, you know, some of them are chains. There's like fleet feet, which is, there's a lot of those around. Um, if you're in new England, there's greater Boston running company. Um, you know, there are plenty of them. You can Google them and look in your area to see where you can find them. But Go to the store, they will ask you what you're there for, and you will tell them, I am training for my first 5K, 10K, whatever it might be. I'm going to be walking, I'm going to be running, I'm going to be doing a mix of things. And they will put you through an analysis to see how you walk, how you run. It's called a gait analysis. And once they do that, they will bring out different brands of shoes for you to try on. This is the one time, and this is very hard for me, because if anybody knows me, I love my shoes, my shoe collection, but this is the one time where uh, vanity and your color choices and all of that needs to go out the window because you need your shoes to be the best shoe for you, for your body, for what you're about to do. So many injuries stem from people who will just go and buy a pink pair of Nike sneakers because they like pink Nike sneakers, not realizing that Nike might not actually be the best brand of shoe for them. So please, 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 number one, nothing new on race day. Number two, please go get fitted for shoes. When you get fitted and you know the brand and the type, like I wear Saucony guides. I've always worn Saucony guides. Every time I get refitted, they always put me in guides. I buy two pairs and I alternate them. And this is so that they don't wear down as fast and that I have two pairs to bring with me on race weekend so that if it rains and one pair gets wet, I have a backup pair that's dry. 
this is really good if you're going to do a challenge race, like if you're going to do a 5K yes. and a 10K, 10K and a half marathon, whatever, because the last thing you're going to want to do is put on is stinky shoes. <laughs> yes. Or, or just have like a rainy, like wet, soaking wet shoes mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, I got to run in these again tomorrow. Yeah, remember, it rains um, so having, every day in Orlando. <laughs> it does rain. It does rain. So having a backup pair. The other thing that's really critical about these shoes is you should only wear them when you are training. These are not your, I'm going to run to the grocery store or I'm going to uh, go play with my kids or whatever it is. Because the way that you run in your shoes when you are training is going to to wear down the soles of the shoes, the the rubber sole, the rubber bottoms, all of that, um, specific to how your feet move when you run. And if you wear them in other occasions while you're training, it can affect the integrity of the shoe when it comes to running. Um, anybody in a running store is going to tell you this, so this you're probably going to hear this spiel again if you go and buy shoes or when you go and buy shoes. But I just want to make it clear: you're going to probably spend more money than you're expecting. Running shoes are not cheap, mm-hmm. um, but physical therapy isn't cheap either. And you definitely don't want shin splints, to, not cheap. Uh, shin splints, not fun. Um, and you definitely don't want an injury from the wrong kind of shoes, which then means you can't run your race. Ugh. You don't want to, you know, you want to avoid, you want to avoid all of the, po- like prepare for the worst, hope for the best. You want to avoid all of the possible things that could affect your training and your race day, because there are just some things that aren't in your control. So for the things that are in your control, do everything that you need to do, including buying more than one pair. It's of shoes. so funny that there's some sort of weird phenomenon, even knowing this, knowing that I shouldn't do anything new on race day. There's something about when it finally gets to race day that I'm like, oh, maybe I will have this extra protein bar or like, oh, I've never drank Gatorade during a race. I'm more of just like a water and Nuntab kind of person, but maybe I'll have this Gatorade like that. I don't know why it happens, like, but it does. You're there and the emotions of it all and your adrenaline and your thing, you're completely invincible and then or you know and it always blows my mind when I see people trying that oh I just bought this fanny pack or I just bought the and it's like all right good luck with that again maybe not as much of a big deal for a 5k or even a 10k but if you're doing a half or more you've really got to you've really got to stay away from that crazy phenomenon and you know just write it on your hand or something <laughs> right put it on the front of your don't, watch nothing, nothing new, new on race day mind yourself like nothing click an new. elastic to make sure don't do it don't try that and protein does, bar because guess what it, <laughs> you're allergic to that kind of protein bar and now you're the rest of your race is ruined or something like that you never well, know and it does it does get in your head a little bit um but like i have plenty i mean Oh my gosh. My first full marathon. I don't know how I did this or no, not my first full marathon. My first attempt at dopey, I should say. I lay out, and this is something we'll talk about in a second, but I lay out my outfit the night before I pin my bib to my outfit. You know, I do everything so that I literally make this as thoughtless as possible when I wake up at two o'clock in the morning to get dressed. And I somehow forgot my sunglasses. I literally run in sunglasses Unless it is like pitch black or rain, like actually, I think I run in them regardless. I run in sunglasses all the time. Same. It's just, I'm just used to it. I forgot my sunglasses. So the entire first half, I actually, I would say the, yeah, the entire first half of my full marathon during my dopey weekend, all I could obsess over was the fact that I didn't have sunglasses and the sun was coming up and oh my gosh, 
what if the sun gets in my eyes and then I can't see and then I get a headache mm-hmm. and then it slows me down. Now and there's I don't your anxiety. This is literally, mm-hmm. yes, this is literally where my head spun. Thankfully, Disney has, well, Disney World has these beautiful magic bands where you can connect your credit card to them. And by the time I got to Animal Kingdom, the gift stores were open and I literally ran into a gift shop, yanked a pair of sunglasses off the wall, tapped my magic band and ran out and put them on. But then I was so mad because when I crossed the finish line, I crossed it like six hours and four minutes. And those extra four, four minutes. minutes definitely <laughs> me going and buying those stupid sunglasses. So I'm here to tell you that it all matters. Nothing new on race day. Mm-hmm. Do not let anything in your control. Right. You should be focused on day. finishing your race and or whatever yes. it is that you're focusing and on it. and enjoying yes. it, of course. Well, not obsessing for 14 miles right. over the fact that you're not wearing sunglasses so like I did. We're planning far in advance. Uh what else? Obviously park tickets, your hotel, your rental car, your dining reservations, even if you're not going to the park, and what you're doing after the race. Yes. So if you are running a run Disney race, you are one of thousands of other people who are doing the same thing. And despite the fact that they may happen over weekends that tend to be on the quote unquote quieter side at Walt Disney World, you and 20,000 of your closest friends are all descending upon the Disney parks and resorts. So that means that hotel rooms, that means that dining reservations, all of that are going to book up pretty fast. So if you know that you are going to run a run Disney race and the packages are available for you to book them, highly recommend getting your hotel reservations in, getting your park tickets done so that you can do your fast passes, How early? you know, take care of all of that. Well, this is the hard part. It depends on what time of year you're, you're running your race and how far in advance. And the reason why I say this is because Disney releases packages on a annual basis. So so for instance, only two weeks ago was I able to book packages for Walt Disney World Marathon weekend in January. Ooh. So that's only six months, right? Because Disney released 2020 packages two or three weeks ago as of this recording time. So people had already bought their race registrations. They'd already registered months ago because as we said, registration opens up months ago. So depending on when your race registration is depends on when you can and cannot make your reservations that. So a big plus to this is having a travel agent like myself help you with this process because I can sit there and say, all right, you want to run the princess half marathon. That's great. Here's when we can book your hotel. So let's talk about where you want to stay, how long you want to stay, all of those things, get all that information done so that the day that those packages open, I can secure your hotel room and all of that. And then you can breathe. And then we can talk about where you want to celebrate running your half marathon. Where would you like to eat? What rides do you want to ride on your park days? All of those things. So the, the, I always tell people it's never too soon to plan a vacation, even if it's two years down the road. And if your plan is two years down the road to run a marathon at Disney, then let's start talking about it now so that we can sort out all those details and we don't miss out on the resort you want to stay at or the type of room you want to stay in. So just out of curiosity, I'm wondering if you have an opinion because I've never asked you this. Is there, is there, what's the best hotel to stay at if you're doing a run Disney race? Ooh, okay. If money oh, is no like object. Ask me this question. If money is no object, when I'm president of the universe and I have all the money mm-hmm. in the world. All the money. Um, 
All the money. Generally speaking, most of the Walt Disney World run Disney races start and or finish at Epcot, with the exception of a few. So you want to be, if you are like me, and you want the path of least resistance to the start line because you're going to be up super early and you have to walk a mile and all of that. You want to be as close to Epcot as possible. So I always recommend first and foremost to anybody, if budget is no option, is to stay at one of the Magic Kingdom monorail resorts. (laughs) And the reason why is because the monorail will be running that early in the morning and you literally get on the monorail, it spits you out at Epcot, and then you walk over to the start line. Oh, that's so nice. No buses, no Ubers. No buses, no Mm -hmm. nothing. You just literally get on the monorail, depending on which one of those resorts you're staying at. You don't even have to literally leave the building, (coughs) contemporary. And then you go and you switch your monorail and there you are. If the Magic Kingdom monorail resorts are too far out of your price range, the next resorts I would suggest would be the Yacht or Beach Club, the Boardwalk, uh, the Swan and Dolphin. They're all super close to Epcot and to Hollywood Studios. Um, And although you would have to take the bus over to Epcot, it's still a shorter bus ride than some of the other resorts. So those would be the next ones I would recommend to any client that is looking to have a shorter drive. If you don't care, if you don't, you know, Disney provides transportation regardless. So no matter what resort you stay at, there will be a bus to take you to the start line. If you don't care, then you can stay at any of the resorts and it doesn't matter. But if you're the kind of person who's really anxious, and like I said, you want the path of least resistance, those would be my suggestions. Mm -hmm. The other thing you might want to keep in mind too is when you are looking at the resorts and your rooms, you can certainly ask to be put in certain buildings or certain rooms. Um, It's not always a guarantee, but you can certainly put in that request. I have stayed at Coronado Springs for all of my races, except for when we did Wine and Dine. And we have always stayed in Casitas 2 or 3, which is one of the, it's the two of the closest buildings to the front lobby. Um, or El Centro, as they call it at Coronado, it it is less walking in the morning to get to the bus. Mm. So the nice part about it is that Coronado, if anybody has ever been there, um, it's a huge resort. There's a lot of land. There's a lot of buildings. So when you are looking at the resort map, try to eliminate as much walking as possible because you about to go run on those legs and you're going to want to keep them as fresh as possible. So yeah. least amount of walking. For those not staying at a Disney resort, uh, if you're a timeshare owner or you live in the Orlando area or whatever, you're staying with a friend, uh, just know that you will need to then give yourself a little bit of extra time to either take your rental car or car and park in the Epcot parking lot or to have an Uber or Lyft rideshare service dropping you off at Epcot, which is actually probably way better than parking um, because then at least you can be dropped off right where you need to go or have a friend or family member and convince them somehow to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to drop you off. So those are the benefits for sure for staying on a Disney property is that they're prepared for you. Absolutely. So now let's talk about it's a week or so in advance to your Run Disney Runcation. Say it with us, Run Disney Runcation. Having Run Disney Runcation. You are packing your luggage. You're getting ready to pack your luggage. What do we need to remember to bring? Number one, and I want everybody to drill this into their heads, 
Number one, whatever you are wearing on race day goes in your carry-on, your shoes, your outfit, the entire thing. That is the most important thing to put in your carry-on next to your Medication. medications <laughs> and, you know, your phone charger. But please, 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 please pack your running outfits, your race outfits into your carry-on. You, you will be amazed the amount of times that I have had fellow teammates say, I'm taking a direct flight, so nothing will happen to my luggage. You, the, if the second you say that out loud, the universe is going <laughs> to conspire against you to make sure your luggage doesn't get to you before your race. So please, pack everything in your carry-on. Um, Run Disney has an amazing expo when you go to pick up your bib and do all of that. So you will have access to things like a new stick of body glide um, or, you know, if you need... Um, you know, certain goos or chomps or, um, you know, whatever your nutrition is. I mean, most of that stuff is pretty readily available at the expo, but everything, anything that is going on your body in terms of clothes, in terms of shoes needs to go in your carry on. Some other things to remember your signed and printed waivers. Again, if you were to forget your waivers, you could always do that at your resort or wherever, but that's just nice to have just one less thing. And you can do it at the expo too. They usually right. have stations too. So obviously your run belt and bottles, tape, yeah, KT tape, if that's the thing you use. Mm -hmm. Um, I always recommend, and this is something that my coach has drilled into me is you should pack for any kind of weather. So most of you, if not all of you, will start obsessively checking the weather forecast a week out from your race, and you will check it 18,000 times a day, and you will freak out about it, even though you have no control over it, and it doesn't matter. Um, but the best way to combat this is to pack for everything. And the perfect example of this was the year that they canceled the half marathon at Dopey. Thursday and Friday were perfect days. And Friday night, there was a storm system that was rolling in for Saturday, and that's why they canceled the half marathon. And as they should have, because it was like a, a deluge. I mean, the rain, the thunder, the lightning, it would have been super dangerous for anybody to be out there. So they made the right call. But what happened when that storm front came through is the temperature dropped 35 degrees. And so if you had gone off the original forecast, which was, you know, low to mid 60s, humid, by the time the sun comes up, you're looking at the 70s like the gentleman in the Aladdin costume, you would have only packed, you know, a tank top, your shorts, whatever. I packed for snow because it has snowed on Walt Disney World Marathon weekend before. So I literally packed for any kind of weather and still had to buy a winter hat and winter mittens. And when I got to the start line the next morning, I was with a group of women from Georgia who told me that the night before they had to go to Target because they didn't have any warm clothing. And when they got to Target, everyone was buying up anything that had a sleeve or long pants or a jacket, wow. whatever they could get their hands on because people were not prepared. And this might sound like a little overboard, but really it's not, especially if you're doing something like running your first half or full marathon, you just want to be in the right headspace. You know, you want to be able to feel good about your run rather than be freaking out. And so if you're prepared, as we always say, that's just going to be the best the best way this is but this is more than just going on a vacation and oh I need an extra sweater I'll just grab it at the store this is a sweater so that you can feel comfortable while you're doing mile 21 
Absolutely. The last thing you want to be thinking about is the fact that you keep getting a wedgie and you've got 20 more miles to run. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just trust us on this. Like, again, if you can avoid any sort of um, annoying things happening with your outfit, mm-hmm. with your stomach, yeah. um, once you're done your race, have at it. Put on whatever you want. Buy new clothes. Go eat like a crazy rich meal. Eat all the ice Like whatever it is you want to do after your race, it's great because you don't have to worry about the race anymore. But both Jessica and I want anybody who experiences these races to have a great time. Let's talk about going to the expo because a lot of people don't know what that is. Expo. Oh, gosh. The expo is where I buy all of the things. <laughs> but what is it meant for? <laughs> what is the importance of the expo and why do you have to go? Okay, so the importance of the expo is to pick up your bib. This is the only way that you're going to be able to get your race bib. So you have to print out your waiver, as we mentioned earlier, and bring it with you along with a photo ID. And you go, there will be plenty of signage. And you go and you pick up your race bib or bibs, depending on what races you're doing. You sign that you have picked them up. And then you go and get your T-shirts that are included as part of your package. Um, And this is the only way that you can get your bib before you run. If you don't have a bib, you will not be able to run. So I usually give myself a 24-hour buffer. Um, The expo opens on either Tuesday or Wednesday for all of the weekends. If you have any issues with your timing chips or any, like, your corrals, any of that stuff, there's guest services there that can kind of help you with those things. And then there is the expo floor. And that's where all of the amazing vendors are, Mm -hmm. um, where you can buy those awesome Disney shoes that you're not going to (laughs) wear during your race because you didn't train in them. And your amazing raw threads tank tops, which you're not going to wear because you didn't train in them. And all of that stuff down to, you know, the the frame options for your medals once you mm. receive them. And there's photo ops. There's and food there's and beverage. Buy, and there's food They'll and beverage. Be like, you can get a beer and walk around. They had um, like complimentary yoga and informative sessions, just like different people speaking. I remember Jeff Galloway was speaking, which I thought was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, photo ops with some characters, things like that. So it's part of it. It gets you excited to do the race, but absolutely make sure you plan that, going to that into your trip because you can't, if you're planning to run wine and dine and you show up at 4 a.m., they're not going to let you in and the expo is not going to be open. So, And definitely give yourself some time for the expo. There have been plenty of times where I've gone and there's been no line. And then there's been times I've gone where there's just been a crazy long line. So I would not, this is not a, a breeze in and breeze out mm-hmm. situation. I would definitely plan um, a good couple of hours of buffer time. And it's usually the down Expo. in Orlando. It's usually at the Wide World of Sports, the ESPN. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, which is not really close to anything. <laughs> so um, your bus, there will be buses specifically for ESPN Wide World of Sports at all of your resorts if you're staying on property. And um, the drive is a little long. So keep in mind that, you know, you it, it's going to take you a little bit to get there. But Disney does a great job at making sure the expo is open pretty late. Um, the other nice thing is that from ESPNY World of Sports, you can transfer back to any of the resorts or you can transfer to a park or Disney Springs. So if you have dinner reservations at Disney Springs, you can go to the expo, get what you need. You know, you'll have a bag of stuff to carry, but then you can go straight to Disney Springs instead of going back to your resort. If you are a merch person, mm. if you are a person who wants the special t-shirts because... They're awesome. The wine glasses. The wine glasses <laughs> or whatever. Disney's notorious for having the merch, some of the merch sell out 
on day one of the expo. So, and the expo is open to the public, which means anybody can go. You do not have to be a a runner or a participant to buy, you know, the wine glasses or whatever it is. So if that's important to you, make sure you factor that into your trip. And that might mean arriving a day or two early um, to make sure, because the last thing we had a teammate who really wanted her full marathon jacket. And by the time she got to the expo, the marathon jackets have been sold out. So, um, you know, obviously there's no guarantees, but if that's something that's important to you, you definitely want to add some extra time mm-hmm. to your trip to make sure that you get so there. So now let's talk about the night before. We're there, we've arrived, we've gone to the expo, checked into our hotel, everything's good. What are your recommendations, Ashley, for the night before? Whatever you've eaten the night before your long runs, whether that's been cheese pizza or spaghetti or a burger, whatever it is, Find somewhere at your resort or within the resorts to have that meal. So my go-to is I always eat uh, like chicken with some sort of starch, like a rice or a potato. And my go-to restaurant is the Grand Floridian Cafe because they always have that on the menu. And I know that I can get it and it's delicious and it's easy. So I make a reservation. I make it on the early side. I usually make it 4, 4.30. Go and eat dinner. Go back to my resort. I put out my whole outfit. I literally lay it down. If anybody's seen my it's Instagram, called a flat runner. It. it's called a flat lay, flat runner. And you literally lay out your outfit as if there is a human underneath it. <laughs> so your shirt, your, your, your pants or whatever, and pin your bib to whatever part of your outfit you want to pin your bib to. Uh, make sure you pin it to the front of your outfit for two reasons. One, so that it's easy for the Disney cast members to see that you have a bib. But number two, so that when you get your photos, they that's how they figure out that they're your photos. They attach them to your bib number. And so they need to see your bib in order to make sure that your photos, your photos of you get attached to your bib after the race is over. So you literally lay the whole thing out, like everything, down to your socks, down to your sneakers, down to your undergarments, whatever it is, your stick of body glide, your chapstick. I didn't see the need for this, but Ashley was very insistent on it. And honestly, at 3 a.m., that was great. It was for for (laughs) ease alone. Well, first of all, the night before to be able to see like, okay, I do have everything. I'm set to go. I don't have to be waking up in the middle of the night. Did Did I forget this? Do I need this? To have it all laid out there, to have my run, my fuel belt packed and ready to go and my water in the fridge ready to go. Everything was all set. My breakfast was set. And just having that when I woke up and it was this crazy, oh my gosh, it's still dark out at three and I have to get dressed. It was so easy. I got ready so quickly and it just was one less thing to have to worry about. So I recommend this. That allows me some extra time to double and triple check that I have everything. Do I have my magic band? Do I have my ID and my insurance card in case something happens? Do Mm -hmm. I have my, you know, some Advil or whatever it is, pain relievers if I need it, like whatever it is that you need, assume that you will not be able to find it on at the start line or on the course and bring it with you. I highly recommend going to a Goodwill or a thrift shop or the back of your closet with the things that you don't wear anymore. Where things you don't wear long sleeve shirts or um, sweatpants or whatever it is, pull them on. Once you're dressed, pull them on over your outfit and 
once you get warm as you're running or walking, you can discard them on the side of the road and there are staff that will come and pick them up and they redonate them. So your discarded clothing does get donated. You know, if the temperature is not great, you don't want to be sitting wasting energy shivering mm-hmm. because you actually do waste energy shivering. You'd rather be like nice and warm. And then once you get nice and hot, you can just toss stuff away and Yeah. And I'd even say if you have an old blanket, I mean, again, who's going to pack a blanket and take it with them to the parks, but on their trip on their vacation, but maybe you do, or maybe you have a a towel or something because you're sitting on cement, usually before you Mm -hmm. start the race and and it's early and sometimes it gets chilly. And so if you have anything like that, that you're okay with just sort of leaving on the side of the road and them donating to Goodwill, um, I would, I would recommend that for sure. You you definitely don't want to be the woman that I saw during that infamous dopey weekend who clearly had taken the comforter off of her her bed at the resort oh, no. and was wrapped up in it because she didn't have anything else. I'm sure that she had a nice um, extra feed oh, on her no. resort tab when she when she checked out. She walked by and every single person in my group they were like, "That's definitely a blanket from the All Star Resort. Like that's definitely you took that oh off your gosh. hotel bed. You she, don't want to be that person." What did she do? Oh, that's funny. She literally had the. I mean, she had it wrapped around her. I mean, it was that oh, cold. Like people were desperate, so I guess she just decided that was going to be a really right. expensive. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it is what it, you don't want to be that person, so don't be that person. And also, don't be the person that feels like you need to sacrifice, you know, your brand new Disney hoodie because you bought it and it's the only yeah. thing you have. Like, bring some extra junky clothes and it will make your experience that much so better. So much better. This is kind of gross. I'm just prepping. If you're eating right now, I'm just prepping. Stop, Stop eating, eating for a or moment or just pause. be aware <laughs> that also there's, you know, something that happens to some people when they run and sometimes <laughs> they don't realize it until race day or the nerves and everything goes with it. So I the nerves. I would also maybe, con- not that this happened to me, I'm just saying I know some people that this has happened to and they made many a porta potty stop along the way and then they had to, you know, race to catch up with us. Uh, maybe a little packet of Imodium. Just saying, just like one yeah, or two I mean, Imodium. If maybe this is something that you think could happen to you, it's not the worst thing in the world to carry a couple of extra little tablets with you. That being said, um, when you are pinning your bib to your clothing, please make sure that you're pinning it um, to one article of clothing, whether it is just your shirts or just your pants. Like, don't pin it while so you're you wearing it. you can go them. to the bathroom fast and not have to, oh yes. gosh. Because uh, I know from experience on two separate occasions where I was in a porta potty and I had pinned my <laughs> bib to not just my pants or my shirt, but also my underwear. And trust me when I tell you, you don't want to be fumbling in the dark. Like it's just not what you want to be doing. Oh, um, so pin, pin those, make sure it's not attached to anything else except the one article of clothing you want to be attached to. Um, when you get to the start line, you're going to go through bag check and security or whatever. There's going to be a hundred porta potties. Get in, you may not have to go to the bathroom. I don't care. Go, get in do line, it. go to the porta potty, go get out of the line, get back in the line, do it again. Um, because the nerves are going to hit you. And I mean, I've run a bunch of these races and I still do this. You're also hydrating like crazy the morning of your race, right? You're hydrating like crazy this whole time because that's what you do when you train. So you're going to have a lot of liquid moving through your body and, you know, you don't want to be at mile two and suddenly realize like, oh, I got to, I need to find a bathroom. That being said, 
if you are running through the Magic Kingdom, well, actually, this actually applies in Epcot too. The park restrooms in the parks that you run through are open. Mm-hmm. So if you are anti porta potty, if the idea of using a porta potty just skeeves you out uh, and you can hold it, <laughs> you can use the restrooms in the parks. They tend to be warmer if it's cold. And clean. Uh, the heat is usually on and clean because you're the first person to use that bathroom because the parks are open. A lot of people know um, this and sometimes the lines get long. So, yeah. Know your bladder. So just skip it. If you know your bladder, yeah, know your bladder. Um, you don't want to be like me at mile literally 0.5 of in my sparkly feather boa tutu, but realizing that there was no way I could go to the bathroom with holding that tutu yeah. up in my oh mouth at the same time. So. Things to think of if you're going to dress as a stormtrooper or a Chewbacca yes. Yes. or wear a onesie. These are things you should consider in advance. Let's talk about what to have for after the race. For me, I've usually had someone there at the finish line or or eventually at the finish line, as we discussed in episode two. You can hear that story. Um, And they usually I usually give them a bag to give me with things such as soft shoes. I cannot wait after a half marathon to get my sneakers off. That's the first thing I want to do is take my shoes and socks off. And I usually get a really nice pair of um, Sanooks. They're like that yoga mat uh, flip-flop. I love those with the really soft. My feet just always hurt. So I love putting on those to be able to go to my breakfast reservation after that. Um, makeup wipes, some comfy clothes to change into, or a nice sweater because you're going to be sweaty. And once that sweat starts to dry on you, you're going to become really uncomfortable. So even if you can't go back to your resort and take a shower, something like some makeup wipes, some Neutrogena wipes. I think this is good for guys too. And if you could switch out your whole outfit that would be ideal. Um, but even just like a couple, if you're a sweaty guy or, or something to be able to switch out and wear like a nice, comfortable t-shirt and hoodie, um, then it, but if you're the type of person who wants to go to the park after your race, have that bag set up with uh, your ears, whatever you need to go in the park, your, your passes, your magic band, any sort of bag that you want to wear to the park, anything like that. If you are Someone who doesn't have somebody waiting for you, if you're doing this completely solo, there is bag check at the race. So you can put all of your change of clothes and your makeup wipes and your shoes and whatever in the clear plastic bag that they provide you when you pick up your bib. I and didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Oh my gosh, that's what that bag is for. So they have a bag check and you can pick it up as you're literally like I've never done that. You finished. Oh. Well, that's because we've always had people with us. But yeah. um well, bag that's check nice to know that they have that. They do. And it has come in handy many times for me, um, even if it's just knowing like I just need to throw a pair of shoes in there or a change of outfit or whatever it is. Um, being Do they able charge to the for check. that? Nope. It's included. Oh, it's totally nice. included. And it is at the very end. So when you finish the race and you cross the finish line, you'll be handed your medal. You will pass the first aid tent. So if you need ice, um, I usually get my knees wrapped in ice just to ice them down. But if you need any sort of first aid, you can go directly there. They will help you out. Then you pick up your Gatorade and or water bottles, then your snack box. And then at the end, as you're coming back into the meeting area, um, you'll pass the giant white tents and that's where bag check is. And it's organized by last name. It's the first letter of your last name. So, um, and they do it by bib number. So it's easy to find your bag. How about some thoughts on what not to pack or 
plan. One thing I do want to mention that is really important as part of your Run Disney Runcation is your post-race treatment, what you do for yourself after your race. And so when you finish your race, you're going to be on this crazy adrenaline high, super excited, um, but also probably really tired. And you're going to feel like you should go and take a shower and then go take a nap. I highly recommend you don't take the nap. Um, your muscles will get tight and it will be really painful and uncomfortable when you wake up. But a great alternative is to go jump in the pool. If the weather's conducive to it, the hot tub. I am a big, big proponent of Epsom salt baths. Um, that being said, Walt Disney World is kind of redoing a lot of the rooms and they no longer have bathtubs, some of them, and they only have showers, so that's a little challenging. If you are a person who wants a massage, Ooh, uh, good idea. skip a day. So if, you're, if your race is on Saturday, don't get your massage on Saturday. Wait until Sunday or Monday to get your massage. Um, it just is a, it's a better use of the massage. It'll have a better impact. There are a couple of spas at Walt Disney World Resort and let your masseuse know that you just ran or walked a half marathon or whatever the distance is, and they will um, make sure that you get the right massage in all the right places, which is great. So, um, and then treat yourself. You earned it. You've burned you a earned lot. Woo! And wear your medal to the parks. Oh, and definitely plan on definitely wearing wear your medal to the park if you're going to, or to dinner or everywhere, because everywhere. otherwise they everywhere. sit in your, they sit in your closet for the rest of your life or wherever, you know what I mean? Or on your wall. And this is the chance that you have to wear it and have everybody go, congratulations, congratulations. Literally like wearing your Disney go. birthday button. It's like amazing. just do it. <laughs> definitely wear it to the parks. The characters are really funny with it. Gaston's my favorite person to go visit when I have a medal on. And I won't spoil it for you if that's your plan, but you should definitely go see him. Um, and, you know, wear it to the restaurant. Just celebrate. Celebrate the fact that you just did something crazy amazing that most people in the world will never do. A Run Disney Runcation is truly a unique experience and really fun and something you should definitely consider. I would even say sometimes they're even better than just a vacation. You're you're empowering yourself and doing something fun and then you still get to enjoy all of the wonderfulness that is the parks. So do it. It's Look the best. It. So now you're all set for your Run Disney Runcation. I think we've covered everything, but if we haven't, please reach out to us with any questions you have. You can email us at our Gmail. It's mainstinspirations at gmail.com. You can check out our website, Main Street Inspirations, to find out more about us. Of course, our shop, where we might also have some accessories that might work for your running costume that you're prepping. And of course, Ashley's Travel Services. If you're going to travel and go to do a Run Disney Runcation and you need someone to help you plan, reach out to Ashley. She's the best. She's going to set you up with the best runcation ever. You can also find us on Instagram and message us there. We are at Main Street Inspirations. My personal Instagram is at actor Jessica Gardner. And my Instagram is at Happy Go Ashley. That's A S H L E I G H. And if you see us in the parks running our Run Disney races and enjoying our Run Disney Runcation wearing all of our medals, make sure you come up to us and say hi. Remember, you can sit with us. Thanks, everybody. We'll have a Run Disney Runcation. Where all of us runners can roam Nothing new on race day is what theme park gets say We'll never want to go home We'll never want to go home